What's going on? Welcome to Launch Party Podcast. I hope you're having a great day. Thanks for joining us. This is your host, Mike Stavi. Today we have Emilio Palafox. What's going on, everybody? Alfred the Lion Chang. What's up? And our special guest today is the most amazing veterinarian from Houston and host of The Compassionate Life, her own radio show that's focused around bringing people together through charity, athletics, all kinds of different methods of, of entertainment, I guess. Yeah. Brittany King. <laughs> Thanks. Hi. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Brittany. Thanks for joining us, Brittany. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag awkward. But uh, all right, as we do every podcast, we're trying something new today. Today our theme is Spain, due to Emilio Palafox's recent heritage DNA testing. DNA testing. <laughs> and, like, I don't know what they call it. Whatever it is. There. So, you know a whole bunch of stuff. I don't even know. It's like I just know it involves blood. Yeah. But so Spain. tell us about Emilio. All right, so today, guys, you know, we try everything new because we want you guys to try things new, just to get out of your comfort zone, do something that scares you, whether it's trying something new, food, or just, you know, anything like that. So today, um, it's called Membrio Casero Quince Paste. It is from Portugal, Spain, and it's pretty simple. To be honest, I don't know what quince paste is. The ingredients just say quince paste, sugar, and lemon. But it says that it's very good when you pair it with cheese, or you can have it simply as a dessert. <clears throat> so... I did get cheese. <clears throat> the cheese is called Muricia Curado Mitica, also from Spain as well. We wanted to keep it the Spain theme. I've never tried the, the cheese or the paste. Everyone here says they haven't tried it either. Never. It looks like... Cocktail sauce. Cocktail yes. sriracha. Brittany <laughs> thought it was cocktail sauce. We're like, of course. You don't need, you don't need you cocktail sauce sp- when you're drinking wine? Spoons. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the two things we're trying, uh, but it, of course, is, is, is nicely paired. Uh, today we got some nice wine from Portugal. It is called Luis Pato, and it's a Colheta. I don't. I've never had this. It's called. It's a pronoun, or it's spelled C O L H E I T A. And uh, me and Brittany are having some wine. Yes. How was it, Brittany? Uh, oh, it's amazing, actually. Um, I would say it's more a little drier than a Malbec, maybe mm. more like a Tempranillo or, or something like that. Um, nice kind of from spanish but i i do like it yeah yeah Yeah, i've never tried it before it's good well let's break into that cheese because i can eat some of that so i'm gonna pass this around let's have Brittany try some first so while we're passing this around grab pass you can use one of those if you want or your fingers doesn't matter while we're passing it around it's firm (laughs) you gotta use the fork yeah is there a plastic on top (laughs) no no i removed it thanks thanks ice ice skating on that yeah (laughs) But while, while we're uh, passing the cheese and stuff around, we'll tell you a little bit about Brittany. So Brittany it has a super interesting story and background, and she's done some super amazing things. So on top of being one of the top veterinarians in Houston, uh, she's also done some amazing accomplishments in the field of athletics. So she's swam in college, mm-hmm. super fast in the water. And <laughs> Maybe used to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, since then, she's swam the English Channel. Mm-hmm. Which is nuts. Yeah. That was crazy. How far is English Channel exactly? Okay, so I think, so I actually had hung up the swimsuit, um, hung up the cap and goggles right out of college, probably was that 2005, and then um, took a break, went to vet school, came back, thought about um, doing something honestly more charity related that I had a kind of a talent in, and so chose. Um, well, a, a pretty big challenge. Somebody had like put the idea into my mind when I had done the Ironman um, in Idaho. I did the full Ironman, and they mm. 
but I didn't do it with a wetsuit, and this was cold in Idaho, so... Um, a couple guys I was like doing warm up swims with, they're like, Oh, you're not going to wear a wetsuit. You should do the English channel. And I was like, perfect. Let me research that. I'll do that. So naively, that is truly my model. Like I motto, I honestly go through some of these things like naively because I'm like often wrong, never in doubt. And then about halfway through, I'm like, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> we're going to make it through. So English channel, um, was in the head. I was working as a veterinarian, actually in the Cypress area, and um, I needed to raise funds for this little dog that had been hit by a car, was either going to be euthanized or, i.e., put to sleep, unless we could find a way to raise funds to get her surgery done. She needed two, like, basically she had two broken back femurs, totally healthy schnauzer otherwise, Mm. so... I decided to use the swim to raise the funds to get her surgery done. Wow. Um, but it, it is 22 miles. <laughs> I think that was your question. Wow. That's, like running, that's like running a marathon. That's, awesome. that's like running a marathon. Yeah, uh, right? Yeah, just in the water. With uh-huh. your arms. Yeah, water. 22 miles. Are you 20, 22 miles straight. I bet so. you look like a big old raisin when you're done. I did. No, I looked like the, <laughs> sea, raisin, yeah. I looked like the sea monster. So I get... <laughs> Like, long story short, but um, I get over there, and the water's like 55 degrees. I've been training all summer in Texas, but it's summer, Texas, outdoor. I trained in the winter without a wetsuit, so I was getting a little adjusted to the 55-degree water. But I got over there, and a lot of, I mean, a lot of planning's involved in it. I actually signed up for it a couple years in advance. Um and the tide wasn't right, so I waited two weeks, and then I kept training and training and training to get my body adjusted to the cold water. And then um, I started the swim with a bit of hesitation because the person that had come over to help support me left, and so we had to find someone random to sit on the boat and toss me my feeds on a water bottle. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so somebody I, I never even knew just is, volunteered their time. What does to- tossing a feed mean? So when you swim, like you enter the water and you don't come out of the water until you reach France. So you see these white cliffs of Dover and 23 miles later in the dark, you reach France. You swim in the dark? For four hours. What the How do you, like, how do you see mm-hmm. doing that? You don't. I was completely scared out of my mind. Just like stroke after stroke. And like... There are sharks and there have been a lot of attacks. Oh and actually, <laughs> the swimmer that died that summer was my pilot swimmer the week before I went. So on top of that, I was like completely, you know, petrified really just to even do it. I'm pulling a hamstring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Brittany, I need to tell, you need to tell me who you are really right now. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Often wrong never in doubt like i'll tell you like two hours in i was like oh this is wrong again this is wrong (laughs) but i'm not in doubt so we're gonna finish it Um, so how long did it take you again um so i think this is kind of weird the exact same time that it took me to do the iron man like to the minute 13 hours and 48 minutes straight 13 hours of swimming do you eat so that's the other part of it put a cracker on your shoulder and you're like <laughs> and the fish and the sharks. Yeah, yeah. You, and you, you gotta find your chain own food. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. You capture your own food. <laughs> no, I mean it's uh, like it's supposed to be a lot more planned out than that. So I had a lot of different things I've been training with. From um, there was like there was like high calorie drinks that you would take. Um, 
easy to chew things because when they toss you your quote unquote feed, so it is, it's on a rope and it's in a bottle. So a water bottle for drink or a water bottle of soup or like a little snack pack that, I mean, it, they toss it to you, you tread water, you consume it, you need to consume it in like less than 30, 45 seconds or else you're going to start to get really cold. You toss the bottle back and you keep swimming. What do you mean tre- tread water like? Like, like treading. Like I'm just like doing a breast, like a breaststroke kick and I'm like bobbing up and down. I'm trying to eat oh, and drink at the same time. Like, yeah. Treading. T-R-E-A-D. You have to talk to me like I'm dumb. Uh, no, I know. <laughs> you should have seen like the look on her face when she... T. <laughs> did that the other day. My savvy will forever know it. If I just say it louder, does that mean? Yeah, you know, right? <laughs> so, yeah, no, treading. Um, however, I didn't realize I would get si- like seasick. So, you get seasick on a boat, but you can also get seasick when you're swimming. Yeah. And, like, the swells are like five, six feet. So, I actually got really seasick from probably like 45 minutes in. Oh, my and gosh. So seasick being like I, my stomach was a mess and the only thing I consumed for 13 hours was hot green tea because everything else I kept getting sick on. Oh wow. So, so you would throw it up in the water? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 And just keep swimming because I needed for, to get t- You were still doing <laughs> yeah, but good you're, while you are chumming and a shark could be And getting yeah. more sleep, and bro. more true, true. Like, depleted oh my energy, like everything, nutrition, like dehydration you name it so there's like a billion distractions billion distractions all sorts of like issues how do you like deal with that during the swimming so and the other the other part was the cold so i did about two hours of swimming without the wetsuit and here was my quote-unquote break so your pilot who is the guy who drives the boat and he watches you he watches a swimmer for hypothermia deliria like they pull you out of the water if they think you're gonna die basically Mm -hmm. um he thought i was getting really hypothermic when we stopped for those feedings like i wasn't making sentences i was just babbling and he was like your swim's over i'm pulling you out you're hypothermic and i was like no because i'm doing this for charity i've got to raise these funds for this little schnauzer like how else can I get across? And he was like, you can put a wetsuit on, but then it's not, you know, an official, there's, there's a big like division between the swimming community. Um, I don't know if anybody followed like Diana Knapp with swimming when she did that Puerto Rico swim and she like fought, she did like, I don't know, 15, 20 times or something. It kept getting attacked by sharks and, and, yeah. <laughs> like like wetsuit rashes she finally did it but then there's all, like a lot of backlash you know people say well this wasn't official english channel rules or half the people who swim across the channel either do it in a relay or they do it with a wetsuit so anyway he offered to let me put he had just happened to have like a leftover like his size guy size diving suit oh my God. He was like, you can put that on and try, and we'll see. And so I stood on the ladder on the side of the boat, and he helped me put it on, and then I got back in, and then I was able to finish. So I did have a wetsuit on, but really it was yeah. just a whole lot of drag because water was in yeah. between it because it was for, like, a guy. It was not it was not my size. Wow. Um, so then that part was challenging. <laughs> to... yeah, a little bit. I mean, jeez. <laughs> um, and then the fact that, like, you're you're in your own head. I would I would say like any mental, I don't any athletic challenge that's that long and that crazy. It's it's mental. I mean, it really Absolutely. is. You have to be mentally tough. So yeah, it's physical. You need to be in shape. But I mean, I cried. I wanted to quit ten thousand times over. 
I like was trying to find my happy place, which was like Christmas. So I was hey. singing Christmas songs. Nice. I sang so really so many Christmas songs over and over. Really, I'll and over. over some of the techniques and the Christmas weird. songs. What was your favorite? Yeah, what's your favorite Christmas song? Oh, favorite ever. Deviating. Uh, no, the one that you kept singing to yourself when you were there. Oh no, I I just went through all of them, yeah. but um. Just no. I feel like it was, it was like jingle bell, jingle bell, yeah, jingle bell. That's probably bell. a lot more. <laughs> 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 Little mean girls. I'll bring the line chain. About the movie. What's your favorite that? Christmas song? Favorite Christmas song. They're know. all good. Mary, did you know? <laughs> the suspense. Yeah, a good one too. The suspense. <laughs> the suspense with Alfred. Thank you, Brittany, for telling, for letting us Why? know what uh, Alfred's song. Four months away. People have shopped already. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I heard it, it starts now. Yeah, the buzz was talking about the other Get day. on it, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, yeah. Okay, we digressed. Yeah, we digressed. Back um, to this digress. insane swim. So the worst part was um, <laughs> when the sun set, I was like, in my head, I thought I was a whole lot closer because some people swim it really fast. Some people, a lot of it has to do with, it's weird. Like when you look at an English channel swimmer, their body type is like, I mean, people do, they actually specifically gain a whole lot of body fat to insulate them so that they can swim faster. I was like, no, like muscle is better. So I really didn't do the whole, like eat all the ice cream you want, like right before to gain the extra layer of fat. So I was extremely cold and I really didn't. I was expecting to swim in maybe like nine, ten hours, and then like stopping towards the end before it got dark. Like I really did not think I was going to be swimming in the dark. And my pilot being like, I'm not going to tell you where you are because it doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter. And, and then I knew that I was really far away still. Mm-hmm. Like I hadn't crossed the French shipping line yet. And if you don't cross the certain area by a certain tide, you are totally hosed. Like the tide will then sweep you like oh, four miles gosh. south to, the, to Cape Grenet. And then at that point, you're swimming more like eight more miles than doing your straight like 22 across. So I was petrified of that. And he was like, and he, but he knew, and he knew how long it was going to be until the tide changed. And he was like, you are going to have to swim as fast as you can for the next hour or we're going to miss it. And you're going to be washed like, and we're not going to make it. Well, we're going to make it, but it's just going to be like, you know, four extra hours for no reason because you're fighting against the tide. So like that part sucked. (laughs) And then, and then the fact that I was like, you know what? I don't care how much it costs. Call my mom on my cell phone. I need my parents on speaker. I need them to talk to me because I had nobody. Like I had this random girl from Dover who just happened to be like, okay, was sitting on the boat and the person who had come to help me who left, like I need, like he drives the boat, but I need someone to like watch me and make sure I'm alive and then throw me my feeds on that bottle. And so, I mean, she was like cheering and, you know, amazing, but like, it's not other boats. So probably like four or five other pilot boats had people crossing at the same time. Some were doing relays, some were by themselves. They all had like support teams of like 20 people with coaches and matching shirts and balloons and like, you name it. And so it really just felt super solo, super independent. And I think, I mean, looking back, like, I think there's, there's a whole lot to be said for like a support team and, you know, yeah. like, I don't know, positive people around you. So, um, I don't know. I might do it again yeah. in a relay but form. Time, like, <laughs> support team and then yeah. still keep the Christmas songs for sure. And Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the relay, I guess it just broke down with equal parts. You can do it however you want. Some people do like a two-person relay. Some people will do like where you've got like rotating swimmers every hour. Mm. I mean... It's whatever, 
and that was my whole take home message. Like people, when I finished, were like, well, you said you were going to do it for, um, you know, charity, but they said you were going to do, you were going to do it solo and you were going to do it English channel rules. And you know what? Like I, it was, it was honestly like a major mental like battle for me to realize that I didn't do what I thought I could do. I wasn't going to do it, but I still wanted to finish. And I didn't really care how that happened because like some people get sponsorships and they get their whole swim paid for. I didn't like I funded everything out of pocket and everything I made just went back to the charity. And there is a big difference between that. So for me, it was more about completing it for the charity versus, you know, well, I was getting some payoff for it, which did not happen. So, um, that was different. And I think, and I think like also, I mean, to, to, was, was it, what was the number again? 22, um, I know it's 22, mi- was it 22, 22 miles? like by, yeah. How, how many hours was it again? 13, 13 and 13. 48 minutes. Yeah. I mean, 14 hours. when it got dark, it looked like the Titanic was going like next <sighs> wow. to me. And I was like, if only I were on the Titanic and I have no idea what's below me. Yeah. They put this little green, I mean, this light is like as big as a half dollar and it's fluorescent and they put it on your cap and that's how they spot you while wow. you swim next to their boat and like oops wow. you may like drown oops there may be a wave like oops a shark yeah. i don't know i mean there's yeah, like the shark thing <laughs> seriously nuts and no the sharks have been like last summer every year like my mom will send me some article about do you know how crazy you were seriously, <laughs> so, right? she yeah. sends me like yeah. whatever swimmer got attacked this past summer like oh my gosh <laughs> wow i mean I, you know when you talk about like the you know doing it for some cause and kind of what your compassionate life's you know about um I think when you hear a lot of athletes or what you did or a lot of people who have overcame some things, I mean, that were like extremely challenging. I mean, it's definitely, a, you know, mental game, spiritual game. And it's like it's like something bigger than them. Right. Because if it's just about you, then your body gives up, you give up and then that's it. But if yeah. you're like fighting for something that's bigger than you for a cause. And it so seems like true. you had that with the dog, with a bigger cause, with, yeah. with what, you know, probably some additional things. I don't know. But I mean, I it seems to be that that's kind of. um how you made it all the way. I mean, is that kind of, no, is that how you feel? It completely or? like exactly on point. Like if you, I think if you're just doing it for yourself, <laughs> when those times get tough, you, yeah, no, you may or may not give up. Depends on, I guess your own person. But, mm-hmm. um, for me it was, I was like, no, I have a, a reason. Like I'm not gonna not raise the money for this pet. I'm, you know, and the, like the pressure behind the, you know, charity, nobody ever, in fact, even like the, night before I was like I'm scared to th- I, wo- I woke up that morning and I vomited because I was so nervous like mm-hmm. and I'm just driving my little rental car to my little boat all by myself and I'm like just gonna do this thing all by myself and I was so scared and they were like we don't even care if you even get in the water you're there and you've done everything preparation wise but I mean I think everybody has their own moral compass and mine was like no I'm, I'm gonna finish this yeah. I don't care come hell or high water yeah. <laughs> and both yeah. happened wow. I mean congratulations <laughs> like, yeah, it's amazing it's so amazing I don't know. It's, 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 it's crazy yeah. hashtag <laughs> no excuses listeners yeah. hashtag no excuses no, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, there are excuses but no. I think I don't think people realize what their like mind can do like I think if you really put your mind to something like just how passionate you are about it like you can get there Mm -hmm. it can happen so um but i do have a funny so the end part so like i finally get close to um the shore and i had when i had read like about it that they were gonna like send a little dinghy and the little dinghy blow up boat was gonna like you know paddle next to me so as soon as i touched the shore i would just pop in the little dinghy and we go back to the bigger boat and so like is I a get, dinghy just a small boat 
It's like a little. It's like a, it's like a smaller it's like boat. Thing, it's right? like a blow yeah. up boat. No, it's a blow up boat. It's a blow up boat. It's a D. Okay, and, and so we're getting near like the last final touch, and I was like, okay, so like, are you gonna put that dinghy down, and we're gonna like go there together? And he was like, no, you're gonna go there. You're gonna stand up on the rocks, and you're gonna wave, and then you're gonna swing back, swim back to the boat. And I was like. Wait a second. (laughs) I have finished this swim. Like, I actually have to swim back to the boat. I was so pissed (laughs) that I had to, like, swim back, like, another almost half mile to the boat after the English channel. It wasn't even like I could, like, get to the shore and collapse and be like, I'm dead. (laughs) No, I had to freaking swim back to the boat. Sir, Sir, whip out your dinghy and come (laughs) get me. Please. Get that dinghy out right now. Oh, I'm so pissed. Wow. So I get back to the dinghy and I like get on the shore and then like, and then the other worst part is that you don't just get to like park it at France. No, you have to get on the boat and you go all the way back to Dover. So there was like another three hour boat ride and I'm like freezing cold and I just want to be in a hot bath and I just want to be in that crappy hotel again. Like (laughs) I just want to be like exhausted. And so, I mean, I was still on my own and that was the whole deal I'm like, riding back on this boat and I get there and then like my pilot's like okay thanks cool like see you later and I'm like lugging my gear to my rental car I'm starving at this point I go to this like like roundabout minute market thing that's open 24 7 I walk in I mean I I have my wetsuit on my hair looks like the like Loch Ness monster seriously Mm. like I have on running shoes and I walk in I get like six sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) hilarious I go to the cashier and I'm like I want all this and she's like rough night and I'm like I don't even I don't even say anything I'm like what do you think about someone standing there in a wetsuit and running (laughs) shoes and their hair has like seaweed in it (laughs) and so then I go back to the hotel and I feel like I have the flu for three days and then I get on a flight and go home (laughs) (laughs) unbelievable and this is all because someone planted in your mind that you should do the English channel I was like oh challenge challenge accepted okay unbelievable that's insane that and i know but i really do feel like and that's like one thing with this radio show like the people i've met throughout all these like athletic things are people that use their talents for good so i mean like mm, i think it's like no it's next week after after y'all next week then there's a man that's run barefoot like marathons all over the world antarctica Mm. eddie runs barefoot marathons born to run book yeah what kind of and he raises money for all these shoes, like for shoes for people who don't have shoes. Wow, and it's like cool. just really so they're using awesome. their talent for good. And um, I don't know if I'm like necessarily swimmingly talented, but definitely will give it my effort <laughs> and make just it through something. Uh, 99% of the people yeah. in the world can't <laughs> yeah. do that. So I yeah. think seriously, I, could prob- I think yet. I could probably swim for 20 minutes. I, I don't even want to ride I on a boat. Think. I don't even ride on the boat while somebody's doing it. I'll watch yeah. it from my hotel. I mean, I'll ride with, I'll, I'll, I'll bring the dinghy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I got the end I part come covered. With that, yeah, right. No. But, so. I mean, I do want to ask real quick. I mean, and this is almost like I feel like a dumb question because I feel like I know the answer. But you know, for our listeners and just really for maybe you to elaborate on this is like, you know, this is a huge accomplishment. I feel like it builds a lot of confidence. Of course, after maybe the three days where you were feeling a little sick. I mean, like. How has that translated to the rest of your life in, in terms of, like, doing that, feeling confident, like, you know, not only a check mark of, like, a things to-do list or a bucket list, but, like, a huge accomplishment, at least in my mind. Um, has that translated, and if so, how, for the rest of your life preceding that? I don't 
So but I've had mixed views on that. Okay. So I feel like, yes, it gives you confidence. Um, I mean, people say that. They're like, well, I mean, you. I do feel like that like fear lobe in my brain is not, I don't know, there or whatnot. I mean, whatever the challenge is, I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'll give it my valiant effort. But um, confidence towards, I don't know, I think I'm still like a normal person when it comes well, to like. Maybe the wrong word. I mean, just. I guess like has, drive. I mean, has, did anything Dri- change well, afterwards? Anything? Yeah, because things Mindset. like when people, other like kind of athletic things in the future, not that we're, I don't know if we're going to talk about it or not, but like the marathons on continents oh, in a row. Oh, <laughs> I didn't, I was <laughs> like, oh, sounds great. Sure. No problem. Like, oh let's try God. it. So, um, see, I think, like, I just think, I think it opens your mind to like, you know what? That was really hard. I adjusted my goal, but I still did something that I felt was worthwhile. And I don't care if it's like your first couch to 5k, if that's your goal and Uh you did it, like that builds confidence. And then you, whatever is your passion in life. Like if you, if that's what you, that's, that's your drive. That's what makes you happy. That's what you want to do with your free time and your free monetary, I mean, you know, income, like then so be it. Um, so yeah, I feel, I do feel like, that was a big, that was a big kind of turning point where I was like, you know what? I mean, I'm not afraid. I'm not, I've mm-hmm. never, I've never really been afraid of a lot of things, but I'm definitely not afraid of like certain athletic challenges. So, and also the fear of failure. Like, so what if you fail? I mean, if you yeah, fail, absolutely. you try as hard as you can and then you can always try again. So it's like Failing you, you push your, you push your threshold. Yeah. You know, like your threshold is so far beyond, you know, the normal person. Yep. So I think that allows you mentally to be able to achieve more. And and the, one key thing to achieving things is to being able to fail gracefully <clears throat> because you don't, yeah. a lot of people fail and when they fail, they're upset and they're mad and they feel that they'll never be able to do it. You know, it's almost like mm-hmm. that's the point where they quit, but uh, being yeah. able to push through that and just accept it and to, mm-hmm. to learn from it, I think. You know, yeah, I think that's, that's huge. I mean, it's like I, I, I've almost come to a point now. I mean, I mean, we've all like had accomplishments. We've all failed. We've all had different emotions, et cetera, throughout our lives. And it's like for me, I've always strived for this. And I feel like I'm very much there. And, of course, I'm going to be learning the rest of my life. But um, kind of like what you were saying, like failing gracefully or being comfortable with failing, having that fail forward kind of mentality where if you're comfortable with failing. I mean, some of the biggest failures I've had or doors closed or anything like that or rejections or what have you is when I've learned the most about myself Mm -hmm. and about what I need to do. Right. It's like, there's a Marcus Aurelius quote. Um, it's something about like what stands in the way becomes the way. Right. And so like, sometimes I fail at something and I'm trying to like break through, like going forward. And it's like, you know, the universe or God or, you know, whatever you believe in out there, guys, it's like, it's, it's telling you go, go right. Right. And I'm over here trying to go in and I'm failing, I'm failing. But it's like, you know, signs are telling me I need to be going this way. So, you know, what, what, what stands in the way becomes the way is one of the things I always live by. But it, I kind of mesh it in with this oh, failing yeah. because, you know, you, it's just how you look at it. For me, I don't see it as failing anymore. It's just a learning opportunity. Yeah, like people yeah. don't For be me, afraid. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Being but. afraid of failing isn't, I don't think, the correct mentality. I think you're always going to fail. Nobody's going to be just perfect and do everything. Me, yeah. I think you should be afraid of not attempting things that you could fail at. Mm-hmm. Don't, not even putting right. yourself out there, not even risking it. And just yeah. not even not even giving yourself the opportunity to fail because by doing that, you're restricting your growth and your progression and your mm-hmm. path. So if something looks too hard, you're just like, nah, because I'm probably not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true. You're probably not. But what if you do? 
you know, then you're pushing that threshold that she's pushing. You know, and then you're then you the next step. Okay, well, I got through that last one. It's easy to push through the next and the next. And you know, I mean, there are going to be failures, but I think you should learn from each failure. Each failure is a lesson, not a failure. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And and, you know, the last thing I'll say about this is just is kind of like, you know, this is like one of the the number one human impediments out there is that we're stuck in our heads. In terms of like, you know, this ego centered kind of like, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough. I can't do that. You know, this and this and that. And really, it's like, it's just your thoughts. They're not reality. And, you know, the more that you can get out of your head and more to like, you know, like, let's say your heart or somewhere else, um, presence centered, if you will, then, you know, you're, you're more able to kind of complete a task or actually go out there. And whether you finish it or not, you did it. Like you were saying, Shabby, you know, so get out of your heads, guys. <laughs> but anyway, but. Oh, that's pretty amazing. I really couldn't say it any better. Honestly, mm-hmm. it is. It's like it, it is pushing your threshold. But like the more you push it, the more your your threshold becomes. It's higher. It's not or lower. I guess it's not. It's not really a threshold anymore. Um, and just, I mean, who are you? Who are you worried about not impressing? Like it's, it's a it's a battle against yourself. I mean, it's you can do so much good out there. You can. You can expand your mind. You can expand your business. You can expand your athletic career. You can do whatever is your passion. Like, don't don't hold back. Don't have fear. I mean, so what if you exactly, like, fail gracefully? Like, mm, that is, I mean, when I, it was, it was a big thing for me to sit there. And when he said, I'm going to pull your swim. And I was like, no, I, I mean, there's a. There's something else I'm trying to achieve here. I don't care if I'm going to get backlash from this. And I did. I got some seriously nasty hate mail about about the fact. I had somebody that told me that me wearing a wetsuit to swim across the English Channel was like me rollerblading a marathon. And I really had no comment to that. But you get that. that, You're always going to have haters. That person sitting at home eating Cheetos with Cheeto fingers. Yeah. Watching TV. That's exactly That's probably, who did it. You never know. I mean, yeah, know, I didn't predict that. And that was actually really hurtful to hear. And I was like, you know what? I'm never swimming again. And, you know, mm-hmm. this is just, this turned terribly. But you know what? Like, in the end, I raised $15,000 for pets in need, paid for that wow. dog's surgery. That's and... Awesome. I mean, wow. to me, that that was the point of it, and that's what it was worth. So, but it, good for haters you, is hey, having mm-hmm. haters is a good thing, and like it, something I've I've actually posted this on Facebook, mm-hmm. but then they said it again in Olympics with Phelps and that that dude who was like shadow boxing, and Phelps was giving him the death stare. Yes. But but winners focus on winning, and haters yeah. focus on winners. That's yes, so true. That's very true. So if you have Say haters, that again, Mike Chevy. winners focus on winning, and haters focus on winners. There you go. So don't be a hater. There you go. Because the player's going to hate You know, to kind of maybe transition a little bit because there's lots to talk about. Yeah, right? (laughs) New song to sing when we're swimming, guys. (laughs) It's a favorite. (laughs) Um, You know, you were talking about earlier about kind of about your your podcast, Compassionate Life, about how – and we'll let you talk a little bit about more about what it's about here for our listeners. But how like using – you had mentioned earlier about using – how people are using talents to do something – to do something good. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, you know, I'm sure you're doing a lot of these things, but one of the things that you're talented in is swimming, right? And you you, 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 you use that talent to raise $15,000 and to pay for this dog surgery. Um, and that was doing good out there for a big cause and to a nice cause. And so I think that's beautifully. And so with that, maybe transitioning a little mm-hmm. bit to your podcast, given about, you know, having, uh, utilizing your talents for something good. Could you maybe expand and maybe tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yeah. So... I mean, 
I was like approached, I guess, early spring about wanting to do a podcast and I didn't really understand what it was. And honestly, it, it is a bit of work. So it's different when you're getting interviewed versus when you're finding people that you find, um, have some, you know, an inspirational message or something they've done with their life and then researching that person, coordinating it, getting produced, like, I mean, submitting the whole thing. So it has been out of my quote unquote comfort zone for sure, you know, to even do this whole thing from the very beginning, but I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, I kind of look at it as, so, I mean, I just think there are a lot of people out there that, um, I don't know, have, have good to give back. And I think if people could just, and I think there are a lot of people and I'm not saying it in some like altruistic way, like there's nobody out there doing any good, but, um, I've come across some pretty impressive individuals through, um, whether it was marathon runnings or, or the English channel or my past swimming career, whatever it is that are doing something that, that actually like completely are, you know, may have, have humbled me and the fact that I, you know, my eyes weren't even open to, I mean, there was, I, I did two interviews recently. One was the, I mean, I'm a girl that she's like 13 now, but she was the youngest female to run a marathon on every continent. Her family believed in her wow. and she raised money. And then there's a young boy who's now doing all 50 States and he ran, he's, 13 now and he ran a marathon on every continent and I've ran run many a few marathons with him and his family but um he raised $44,000 for Operation Warm which was is an organization that provides coats to people who um don't have warm winter clothes and then the 50 states he's already completed like 37 states of marathons he's like 13 mind you and for the Seva Foundation which provides surgical eye care I mean just incredible individuals who, when you're not focused on all, there's so many problems and negativity in your daily life, probably in the news. And when you, if you just take a moment to not focus on that, you can do so much good. Um, and so my, I mean, with the compassionate life, they actually, I mean, when they approach me, they're like, what would you like to talk about? Would you like to talk about veterinary medicine? Um, your profession, honestly, the topics were left up to me and I was like, I'm going to choose this as my current way to give back this year. And I want to highlight people who are doing pretty incredible things because I want to give them opportunities and ways to, um, think outside the box, what they can do in their local lives or daily environment communities. Um, or even if, if that's not the case, donate to something that maybe they hear on a podcast that they feel is inspirational. So that's kind of been the theme. And, um, I mean, really it's sort of whatever I pick and want to, but, um, so that, that's kind of what the compassionate life is about. And a lot of people do podcasts and I don't know, it's just something, it's my day off. It's Tuesday. So I mean, (laughs) why not? (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. You're definitely, we, we have a, uh, the way we do ours is we kind of just grip it and rip it. So we don't hey. do too much. Not he was practicing much. that phrase for a while. <laughs> he was ready to unleash that. I could tell. Not six minutes ago, like brushing your teeth. Like, rip it and rip it. Rip it and rip it. Six minutes. I've been like repeating it. it in my head. When, when, get that in when you get a chance. That rip it and rip it. But that's kind of that's kind of how we our mentality behind is. We just want to go and just talk. Yeah. You know, you're definitely way more organized than us because we're we're going to be on her show next week. Yay! Okay. And she was <laughs> sending us questions, and I, you know, I, I know. Emilio, I sent uh, your bio you had sent me before. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. You know, as, mm-hmm. as on your behalf, and yeah. yeah, I mean, with us, it's like we sit down, we plug in, and 
what, what can or can't we talk stuff. about and let's go yeah. You know, while, no while listening to your compassionate life, um, you know, paragraph, you know, you kind of summed it up very well. And, you know, one of the things that you live by, you know, the character qualities is trying to incorporate in your life, you know, compassion, humility, kindness and selflessness. And, you, of course, you're seeing uh, these kind of traits, qualities um, with the people that you meet. It seems like the people yeah. that you are interviewing, some of them or maybe all of them, you can maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Um, are people that you've met on your on your journey, I guess, through life. Is that right? Yeah. Journey, I mean, journey through life. Even meeting y'all, like, years ago at a, yeah, that's a right. fun festival. Brenner's Wine Fest. Uh, I don't know if we were going to say it. Yeah, why not? For, yeah. Sure, yeah. for sure, sponsors Brenner's. Landry's.com. Free state through wine. Yeah. We did. We no. accept payment in lobsters. Yeah. And yeah, I just ta- I just found that out literally about an hour and a half ago. So funny. And then when Brittany came over... Um, to the podcast here uh, i told her i was like i know now. you yeah. <laughs> four years ago right so it funny. was yeah, yeah uh, i went this past year too do we look the same Brittany? yeah still handsome so. mm, more handsome <laughs> more <laughs> handsome you're handsome of course i'm handsome alfred's a he's a, alfred just he's handsome a man over dime over he's here he's a lion over here look at that perfect you work for us alfred i like your shoes thanks <laughs> Alfred, can you provide a, a roar, please? Roar? You can do yeah. it. Roar. That's pretty. That's impromptu. So, Speaking Sharky ro- can roar. Yeah, I was about to say, she brought her dog. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. not your dog, right? This is... Uh, uh-huh. No, it's mine. He's this mine. is your dog. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. He's my new guy. He's yeah. a new guy. Yeah, rescue. He's dancing over here on the couch. He's a homie. Mm-hmm. He loves swimming, oddly. <laughs> and his name's Sharky, right? Sharky, yeah, appropriately. So, um, my last little guy had passed from cancer at Christmas and that was very sad. He was a Scotty, but I've been, um, a member of the Scotty Westie rescue group of Houston. And in like April, I was like, I think I'm ready, but I really wasn't ready. Like yeah. I still like get upset about Hank, but I was like, I think I'm ready to start looking. And so he came along and Aww. I took him over two weeks and I warned him every day. I was like, you got two weeks, two weeks to steal my heart yeah, right. <laughs> or I'm going to return wow. you with Ultimatum a receipt. <laughs> No, but he was, he was really great from the beginning. Like, okay. So it was mother's day weekend actually. And like, he's in the backyard we just brought him home and he, I look out of the corner of my eye and he is like swan dived into my pool and he's just swimming. I mean, like he's a, so for our listeners, he is an 11 pound, like small breed dog that is not technically like a swimming breed. It's not a Labrador. Um, but he loves swimming. And then when I take a bath, like he prances around the outside of the bathtub and like puts his paw, like he wants to swim. Like that's how obsessed with swimming he is. I'm sure he's He's like probably singing Christmas carols as well. He's he's, he's like, (laughs) put me in the English channel. (laughs) And he has this, he's got this little tuft of white hair on his chest. It's like little, like, I don't know, Italian or something. I just noticed that. (laughs) Okay. He's saying he can talk, right? I mean, if he starts talking, put it on. on, on, He wears a button up. He buttons it three on three button down (laughs) with a chain. A chain. The gold chain. <laughs> yeah, right? You just gave me an idea. I'm going to make a match.com for dogs and people. Oh, must love dogs. That was a good movie. Oh, but that would wow. be good. Really, Mike? Yeah. I would, I would maybe like do that dog. online dating if it had to do with dogs. Yeah. Potentially. Dog meeting dogs? If like, you, if you, yeah, because you're like, I want to return it. Well, why don't you interview the dog first? Have its own little profile. <laughs> Check and see if he's not a nightmare. And yeah, and you know what? And, and speaking of, of dogs and like, <laughs> you know, Match.com, um, 
you know, while researching you, Brittany King, mm, I no. encountered that you are trying to, uh, well, that you do pet talk. You know, I heard something. It was like one pet of, I think talk. where, I forgot where it was, but it talked about pet talk, or at least you were trying mm. to pet talk. So I'm like, hmm. No. So maybe, uh, did it pet talk? I forgot where I found that. Maybe out, well, so pet there's talk? pet talk is a news magazine. Yeah, I know we do. Um, with the last little guy, Hank, um, we yeah. would go on like Fox News and local and stuff like that, and do a lot of articles and kind of public outreach. Um, yeah. and we had a couple like quotes, and there is Pet Talk magazine. I was just um, joking. It, it said something like, "I enjoy my career as a veterinarian, where I attempt to speak oh, pet, yeah. forever challenging humorous." Oh, uh, Pet Talk! I thought uh, Pet Talk was like a talk show. There is, oh, a, is there I, is yeah, a magazine like, too. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like speaking pet. Yeah, no, it's a dog. it's a joke because right, when yeah. I go in Dr. and Dr. like <laughs> exactly like an owner comes in, they're like. Okay, you've done an exam. Tell me what's wrong. And I'm like, well, unfortunately, as much as I try to speak pet, speak pet talk, your dog cannot tell me what's wrong with it unless mm. I do some tests. So, mm. um, yeah, so I attempt to speak pet. He's so okay. cool. He's just yeah. hanging out right here. He, so, speaking of DNA, like I did his little DNA test and. Oh. Uh huh. Of course. Yeah, nice. I've got it framed because oh, wow. I thought there was going to be some Scotty in there because I'm obsessed with Scottish terriers and um, there's no Scotty so cool. at all. Nowhere. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of Chihuahua. Are you serious? No Which oh. I'm not a. <laughs> not <bad laughs> everybody that. teases me about it. So that like Chihuahua in your office because he comes to work every day. <laughs> I'm like, he's not a Chihuahua. What else is he making? A big one. If he um, Dachshund, and that's when he like sits up on his hind legs. So there's some there's some wiener dog in there. There's Chihuahua. There's Schnauzer, Fox Terrier, and um, Yorkie. Yeah, I can I could kind of see all that stuff. It's quite the uh, mix. Quite the mix. Yeah, you're the mix. He's sweet though. Yeah, he's been very sweet. Very sweet. You know, you know what? Uh, it's interesting. We're talking about dogs right now <clears throat> because so one of the certifications I'm getting is called um, Heart Math, and it, it's kind of about resilience, which is kind of neat that, you know, you're a pretty resilient person given the things that you've done. And um, real quick, kind of a little tidbit. I guess this could be maybe like a little coaching tip here real quick, um, like we try to do every uh, – Yeah, coaching, coaching tip of the day. Coaching tip of the day. I like it. Um, <laughs> kind of just integrated there. But so so for real, it was uh, – so in the heart math, I think this was like week six or something like that. And it was about relation sh- – uh, let me see here. I wrote it down. It is on – give me a second. What do you think about the yeah. cheese bread? Sharky liked it. Did you like he it? Was, yeah, he was eating <laughs> Sharky it. Sharky had a taste, bit. so I thought it was amazing. That's, whatever that I actually thought that, is, is delicious. Yeah, it almost tastes like a oh, chutney. Like, it is yeah. kind of sweet, but kind of spicy, a little tangy. Yeah. It's really good. It's so good. When I tasted I'm, it, I've actually had that, but I didn't know that that's what that was. Mm, no, tasted familiar. Good. It's yeah, good. If, if I was breathing heavy earlier, it's me eating the cheese, so don't <laughs> be alarmed. <laughs> I'm cheese obsessed. Like, everywhere I go, where I choose nice. to go, it must have a cheese board. Like really? Must. <laughs> we don't have a cheese board. There's just crazy. cheese on a plate, but it works. <laughs> a board. <laughs> um, so I did find it. it the, the, the chapter that I was doing, it was called Relational, <clears throat> Relational Energetics and Energetics of Communication. And it was really interesting. It was about a boy and his dog. Well, there was a lot that we talked about in this chapter, but there was one thing they talked about in the training where there was a study done with a boy and his dog and uh-huh. the heart rhythms that they have. I'm not sure if any of you guys here are familiar with heart coherence. Have you guys heard about that? Mm-mm. So What's real that? quick, heart coherence. Um, so I'm like a high-performance coach, and one of the states of high-performance, people think it might be just physical, but it's very much on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels. And 
when speaking of heart coherence, um, that is a state of high performance. And what heart coherence is, is that when you are, when your heart, your mind and emotions are all working in balance, in cooperation, in concert, just very much in sync with each other. When you're incoherent, um, your mind and emotions are taking over. You're, you know, stuck in your head. You're building, you're building, you know, uh, stories in your head. You're fusing to those stories. Emotions arise from those stories. And then you just get into this not good place. Your energy is drained, et cetera, et cetera. And this is when your heart's suppressed. Well, when you're in a state of coherence, all of that is aligned. Your heart and brain are communicating with each other and your emotions are all aligned. So there's a lot to talk about that. I won't go into it now, but that when you're in that state, that's called heart coherence. So relating it to the dog, there was a study done with a boy in his his dog and they, it was Josh and Mabel. Josh was the boy and Mabel was the dog. And at first it was three different sections. First, they had Josh in a separate room and Mabel, his dog in another room. And they looked at the heart rate variability of the dog and the boy and heart rate variability. For those that don't know, uh, it's the beat, the heartbeat to beat changes, like the changes between the the beat to beat, right? The variability between that over time. And when, um, that's basically the way that you can see like on a graph, um, on a chart or something like that, you, by your heart rate variability, you can tell if you're in a state of coherence, like I was just talking about. So they hooked them all up. They hooked the dog and the boy up. First section was having the boy and the dog in separate rooms and they saw their heart rate variability. Both of them were incoherent. Then they brought the boy in, in another room. They brought the dog in the room as well, but he was away from the owner, but they can both see each other. There's different exercises that you can do, breathing exercises, that can put you in a state of coherence. Well, so they, they, the, the boy did the breathing technique. He got coherent. Yeah. Immediately when the boy became coherent, the dog became coherent immediately. You saw the heart rhythms of the dog immediately connect. And this is what they call energetics, the invincible, where you can't see where heart rates are really kind of radiating from here to there. Like, huh. it's really happening. They can track and measure this kind of thing. I'm shooting my you right you now. Should, yeah. <laughs> Sadie's putting <laughs> Joey's chest out. I'm shooting heart rates in a new way. Here, let me give it back to you, brother. Thanks, bro. You don't necessarily oh, need to do that, face. but it's happening. It's We're really doing this. <laughs> Your heart rate's got on my face. So, 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 yeah, so they became coherent at that point. Um, which is very cool because, you know, this is the invincible kind of, you can see it by the heartbeat. And then of course they left, um, <clears throat> Josh leaves the room and Mabel wants him to stay, of course. And then you can see immediately the heart rate, uh, beats, um, heart rate variability kind of change immediately to probably a more depleted emotion and therefore both of them becoming incoherent again. Um, and so there's a lot to say, like when you're really with your dog and that feeling of love and compassion and just like really good feeling that you're actually in a high performing state. There's a lot of creativity that comes from that. There's a lot of um, good things that can cover that. Like you're kind of getting renewed. Like you, sometimes you feel that way. You're kind of happy and all this kind of stuff. Well, those type of things like renewing emotions um, can get you into uh, a state of coherence. And so that's my coaching tip of the day, the day guys. Um, (laughs) um, I would recommend, uh, it's, um, it's basically two steps and it's heart focused breathing, focus kind of breathing through your heart as weird as that sounds like breathing into your heart Mm -hmm. and then exhaling through your heart. Mm -hmm. I would say five seconds, inhale, five seconds, exhale. And what just do what's more comfortable. What you really want to concentrate on is breathing a little slower than normal and then breathing a little deeper than normal in and out through your heart. After you've done that for a little bit, 
then think about a time when you were happy or confident or courageous or kind or compassionate, some of the, the values that you instill in your life, Brittany, and that's kind of involved in your podcast. When you think of that story, you just don't want to think about it. You want to feel it, like really replay that story in your mind. Mm-hmm. And then once you really feel that kind of felt experience in your body, that's when you're in a state of coherence and you will feel it. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, you know, thanks for hearing guys, Coach, you know, Coach Tip of the Day um, on Heart Coherence. Go throw some heart rays at some people. (laughs) It is so true, though. Like, um, the human-animal bond, like, there is an incredible... I have a book in my office, actually, that sits there, and we've got some reading material for people in in my exam room. But my favorite is a human-animal bond. And, I mean, specific studies of blood pressure being lowered, cancer patients with pets... I did, with my last dog, I did um, Faithful Paws, which was a group in Houston that where you get certified as a, as a human pet therapy team, and we would go to nursing homes, we'd go to children with autism, like, um, you know, uh, volunteer places, hospitals, you name it, and there's something to be said for, and I don't, it'd be interesting to know if your heart coherence was if it's better with a pet or an animal versus just, um, you know, kind of the breathing exercises and coming into almost like a meditation, um, because there are, I mean, documented studies of, I mean, people that have pets tend to live longer lives. They're less stress, less anxiety. They have more of a purpose. Older people is huge. Um, another one of the, the groups I interviewed was focuses on hospice and keeping, like when an older person goes into hospice and they can't take their pet and how that can devastate them and just like change their entire outlook on the rest of the end of their life. Or if there are hospices that support the pet to stay with them and then um, volunteer wise, like can help with the monetary costs of that and just their quality of life is so much more enhanced. But um, I know for me personally, my pets have been, I mean, my heart coherent like for sure whether it's whatever traumatic incidents happened or um i mean just i don't know just like day-to-day life like like there's something about they say i mean you can literally hook up an ecg electrocardiogram to a heart like your heart and your dog's heart it'd be interesting if they did start to match but um that everything becomes more in sync and more calm when just the simple act of like petting an animal sure and and it's just almost kind of like what happens like when you squeeze your dog or you're hugging your dog or petting your dog like um you know what a lot of people know is like if i give mike savvy a hug and i think it's like maybe (laughs) he starts to wag his tail or yeah somebody a hug yeah um (laughs) for i think it's like six to eight seconds like if you do a hug like the the love drug if you will is released oxytocin and so you know there's a lot of stuff that you're getting rather in addition to just being coherent with your dog and yourself that you know there's oxytocin going on there's probably some you know, dopamine and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it definitely is interesting. And I think um, there are studies out there, like you said, about cool. um, owners and dogs living longer because of that. And, you know, another little tidbit on that is that when you are coherent, maybe the reason why they're living longer, and, you know, of course I can't just say this, but one of the things that are happening when you're coherent is it affects your two states of physiology, your nervous system and your hormonal system. Mm-hmm. And so when you're coherent, instead of, cortisol stress hormone being released dhea is being released which is a vitality hormone and instead of being in a fight or flight uh sympathetic response you're more in a parasympathetic response which is more of like a rest relax connection digestion you know kind of phase and so i can see that the more that you're being involved with dog or the owners with their dogs 
that they're experiencing these kind of effects in their body, which is helping them kind of live longer, you know? And of course I can't claim that, but that's actually what's happening in the body. And, you know, obviously I'm just correlating that at the moment, but. Well, just compassion and love in and of itself. I mean, Mm -hmm. having something or someone you love and you know that they love you back. That's true. That's always something that strengthens. It gives you, it creates a, a drive within you that want that you have a desire to stick around. You have a reason to stick around. So I think that it's just as much as much as it is a physical thing involving your heart, it's equally mental because you have to convince yourself there's a reason you have to be here. I I need to be here. Mm. And if you if you lose all need to be like you hear about people who they've been married their whole life and and they die. And then a week later, you know, there's the spouse dies or, you know, a short time later, the spouse dies, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like they're holding out for each other. Kind of, te- you know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, absolutely. It's pretty interesting. All yeah. you need is love. Alfred loves that song, Alfred. What are you doing that song for us? <laughs> right now, um, I'm all you need is love. Yeah, okay. no. <laughs> well, there's probably a lot of different love songs. All you need yeah. is Come on, Alfred, ready? Let's do it. So Alfred, <laughs> the market's been interesting lately. What's that have to do with uh oh I'm market? Just, yeah, it's been kinda of slow actually. I thought oil oil's yeah, been pretty oil, volatile, oh, yeah, man. Oil, oil's been um slow. It's it went up, um it's it's been up a But it, it's been up and down, up and down. Yeah. I mean I, I granted I, you know, a few dollars here and there, but a few dollars here and there and oil and gas can really make big impacts on the ETFs that are related to those yeah, commodities. So that's been interesting. And then uh, dust reversed split again. Oh, yeah, did it. Um, which is um, nuts. Wait, what's that? We're talking about uh, stocks. Uh, yeah. Dust Dust is a, a inverse ETF. It's inversely correlated to gold. Yeah. Okay. So. Gold's been going down a bit. <laughs> I've seen. Well, gold's split. Gold's down, but it's still really high. Yeah, it is, yeah still really high but i mean it's nothing's gonna move with that until the fed makes some changes it, apparently fed's gonna raise rates of, that's what they i don't think they'll do it in the next hope they do they won't probably do it till march i'll just i don't like the low interest rates uh i like it i don't like well it's, it's good for, it's good for the real estate market it's good in the real estate area but yeah but it's kind of bad for savers and, yeah and in some places have negative interest rates like japan and yeah but that's never gonna happen yeah that would, that would suck yeah. we'll never see that happen but so, Brittany, with with veterinarian, so tell us a little bit about that, kind of how you got there. Do you enjoy it? How 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 is your she practice? I hate my job. <laughs> Most people do hate their jobs. Um, no, I actually, I don't know. I think there there are people, you know, those statistics that like you change careers, what three point something times, um, maybe you change jobs like five something times. I. Like, fortunately, I, like, truly love the career. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to not be a veterinarian. I mean, I may, like, transition into, like, the pharmaceutical market or something. But um, but I did it. It was my second chance, though. I originally had started vet school, and um, I was used to being a swimmer and taking, like, 12 hours a semester. And I had a rough semester, my first uh, vet school, and... And got to take a little mandatory break. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. and then yeah. I got a, and I was a waitress. And then that wasn't really like the calling. So nothing wrong with that. But it just wasn't for me. And and so then I had a second chance um, in the West Indies. I lived in a third world country on an island for three years. And then oh, wow. I lived in Scotland for a year. And then 
and I really like never looked back since then. Like I, I love veterinary medicine, came to Houston mainly cause my brothers were here, um, really close to my family. So, um, I worked corporate for a couple of years, but now I'm in a private clinic and it is a godsend. I absolutely enjoy every aspect of it. Um, not to touch on a sad moment of it, but, um, the private clinic is so supportive of however you want to practice veterinary medicine. Um, I like knee surgeries. I do some knee surgeries, but on a totally opposite side of it, there was a pet that needed to have an, like a humane end of life experience at the person's home. Cause it was a large breed dog and had a cancer that was terminal and, um, for, it was the size of a cantaloupe basically. And so, I had the opportunity to be able to clear out my schedule and go help that family out. And, um, that's something that, I mean, while sad and like extremely traumatic, um, you know, there's certain veterinary or sides of the veterinary field that don't support that. So really grateful to be able to be in a place where I can do that. Um, I don't know when people ask you, like, what part do they don't support the, if you, if you work corporate, um, now there are pros and cons to all of it, but, um, it doesn't really support the time to do that. So to be able to do that, you know, I've got to travel to the home and do that. I need to clear out an hour or so of a, of a schedule. And mm. when you're working for a big chain company, you, it, it just doesn't happen. So, um, to even be able to you know, make sure that could happen. It was like, not a question. They're like, sure. Yep. Go take whoever you need, clear out whatever you want. We'll support you. So, um, and it meant so much to the family. So, um, now there are hard days. (laughs) There are days with no lunch where we've tried to plan a lunch and I'm like, nope, camp. Sorry. Not getting a lunch today. (laughs) But, um, I don't, I really love, you know why? Because, um, I mean, you're helping something that I've always been interested in medicine, but, um, you know, uh, whether it's pediatrics or pets that they, they don't have a voice and it really is a lot of it's mm-hmm. analytical. Like you really are having to use your brain to pick the most appropriate test to find out what's wrong with the pet who can't speak to you. So, wow, that's true. Um, I didn't think about it like that, but yeah. wow. I, mm-hmm. I do love it. Um, it is hard though. I mean, it's not, it's not a cakewalk and, um, but I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't change it. If people ask me if I'd pick a different career, like looking back now, I would still do it over 10 times over. So that's great. That's awesome. You know, the story that you were just talking about, you know, when you had to go to the, the house, um, with the dog that had the cancer and they were, you know, you needed to kind of, it was kind of time and they wanted that and, you know, to kind of put them down and stuff. And it's like, that, that's just extremely hard. And I, I actually read that post that you had talked about on Facebook about that. Dude, yeah. And it's just like, <clears throat> You know, wow, it's like very touching. And it's like, you know, even it was very touching when, you know, she went there, you know, to, to, to kind of tell everybody there, you know, like, you know, went to the house and without going into too much, too much detail, what really got me like empathetically there was like knowing that this was the last day and kind of having them go outside to smell the grass, to feel the wind, to kind of like, oh, I'm sorry if I'm, this is, you know, touching a chord, but it like touched a chord with me, you know, and you're reliving it. I apologize. And. Is this okay to talk about? I mean, no, yeah, yeah. It, you know, and it's just the reason yeah, I'm bringing it up is because it, it was touching. It was like to be able to do that, and every, it, but it was still nice. So even though it like hurt in a, in a way, it was kind of like they were still around the family, holding them, touching them, having them, you know, feel life before you know it went. Um, and it was although sad, it was very kind of like still yet peaceful that all of you were there together doing that, and you know, so it's a very kind of like spiritual kind of moment. 
Um, you know, one of my questions is, and it seems like you've you've done this more than you know. Obviously, you've done this more than once. You've seen that happen over and over and over. This the cycle of you know of life, if you will, and this is you know death. Seeing that a lot, you know, especially with animals and stuff. You know, this might be kind of like a really philosophical or spiritual question, but like, do you see death differently after seeing it a lot? You know, people taking their like, or dogs taking their last breath, their last heartbeat, like you had mentioned in the post. I mean, how how has that been? I think. I mean, I think it. So, I mean, from a spiritual standpoint, I, I don't, I don't know how you can go through this life thinking that there's, and I'm whatever anybody else's opinion is, but that there's nothing mm-hmm. after this. I mean, that's what kind of gets you through a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, good versus evil. How do you explain, how do you explain, I mean, there to be nothing versus there to be something. <clears throat> I didn't grow up like even really Christian. I mean, dad was Catholic. We never really went to church. I like later became Catholic after, um, going to veterinary school in Grenada and like finding a, you know, a, I don't know, an interest in it. And, um, I just think I, I do look at things differently because I mean, I pray to God that I will get to see, I mean, my last dog that had died from cancer, I was so, it, it was, it was a weird, crazy, like, um, first dog out of vet school. I was just so, he was not a dog. Like he was an angel. I had, mm. had another I mean, there are specific incidents. I'm not going to go into a totally other different topic, but Mm -hmm. where I felt that he had protected me in different stages of my life and different things I've been through. Um, And like what a pet can do for a person. And then um, looking at their passing and then, you know, the emotional trauma that happens like with that family when they're letting go of Mm -hmm. their family member, but then holding onto the hope that, it is, I think it's, I think it's extremely difficult. I think it's difficult for anybody, no matter what your background is or what you believe in to feel that you're maybe going to be able to see that person again, that pet again, that love again, that connection mm-hmm. again, that bond again. You, I mean, nobody really knows, right? You don't know what it is or what it's going to be like, but maybe somehow it gives hope. Um, I, I have heard of stories of colleagues that, you know, they're, they just become numb to it. It's, it's a euthanasia. It needs to happen. And you're right. It does. I mean, there's a, a pet in pain and in the veterinary field, we're able to relieve that pain. It's not quite the same in human medicine, but I still get extremely, I mean, I tear, there's very few that I don't cry with the owner on. I mean, there was one yesterday. I mean, today it's daily that I'm putting a pet to sleep and it's that part of the profession is hard because it is an emotional roller coaster. Like at 9am I'm seeing a brand new puppy and he's eight weeks old and we're doing the first vaccines and it's a super happy visit. And then at 4pm we have the, you know, 15 year old Labrador that needs to be humanely put to sleep because it hasn't eaten in nine days and it can't stand. And that does need to happen. And it's, um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I guess I feel like I'm faced with it so much more often. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I look at it any differently, except that weirdly seeing it more often, maybe feel more hope about Mm -hmm. being reunited with something that you love so much later in the end. Um, or even thinking that they're there with you watching over you mm, still, you know, Mm -hmm. this little guy, my new little guy, Sharky. So when Hank, um, was dying and like the cancer had moved to his lungs this past fall and my brother for, I threw Hank his last like 
birthday party. He was turning eight. We mm. wanted to have his last mm. birthday. You came to it, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember? Brian Gist, do you remember day. the painting? Mm-hmm. Um, I do. So that painting won a calendar spot, and I just was emailed about mm. it to write Hank's story behind so it. Good. And obviously, the artist Leanne did not know that he'd passed away, or even that that was probably why she was painting the painting. But um, I got wow. to tell Hank's little story. But mm. um, I mean, even just. Like th- that, like emotional side of it. Um, and when I like, so that painting hangs like in my home. And when I brought him home, I mean, there are, I just feel like there's, there's a lot of there are angels or spirits. There's, there's things that speak to us that it's not all like some, you mm-hmm. know, three dimensional world or whatnot. Um, right. he looked at that painting and he barked at it and he turned his head and huh. I was like, no, he's not barking at that. And I moved the painting. I moved it to like a different spot and he went directly over to it and he was wow. barking at it and turning his head. And then I had huh. different like professional photos of Hank, like kind of all around the home. And he goes to every single one of them and like talks to it. Wow. Like oddly. That's so, beautiful. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it means a lot. I don't know. Maybe I'm a sap. I probably am. No, I, definitely I definitely used to never like cry in movies, yeah. and now I cry in like well, what they say. Yeah. <laughs> so. when, when you experience something that's sad, and you're hurt, and you're very sad, especially with something that you love or someone you love, you have to think that to feel that way, to feel that sad, and to miss someone that much, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have to have experienced an equal amount of love and joy with that person as well. That's so you're true. not going to be able to feel that yeah. bad without having felt that amazing with that person. Yeah. Yeah. So that you can always reflect on those great moments and realize that be- the, the reason I feel this way is because I felt so great and had so many great experiences with this, mm. yeah. you know, this loved yeah. one of mine, whether it's a, an animal, a pet, a friend, yeah. you know, anything. But very yeah. true, very true. Yeah. So you can always focus on Same, the positives. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely, yeah. Positive, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's intense, but. Uh, I was just going to conclude it by saying, you know, I, I like the fact that the way that you viewed it and whether or not you think y- your your mindset has changed on, on death, it was nice to see that even though you've seen it more, like the more you've seen it, it was almost like cultivating um, more of a positive feeling, like this hope, yeah. you know, even though you've seen it. So I think that that was beautiful, kind of like, you know, you would think that seeing it a lot, it was kind of like, you know, I don't know, maybe going more negative, but yours was with the positive where it was like hope and you was connecting spiritually and how everything's connected. And yeah. um, I think that's beautiful. So that's that's fantastic. Well, Hank's story, it, it'll reverberate because you're sharing that with other people and, mm. and the love you felt for Hank. Oh, we, 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 read, <laughs> when we read the post that you posted. Yeah. It was full of that love. and It mm-hmm. was full of that, mm-hmm. you know, compassion. So it, it we feel it, too. Which yeah. is really cool. So if you yeah. think about yeah. that, all of that love that you got from Hank and he got from you, now you're it's overflowing and it's overflowing it's into things that are affecting other people. So it's That's never true. gonna go away because now it's a part of us and it's a part yeah. of people that we like that. Yeah. share it to. You know what I mean? So yeah. in a way Hank no. has not only become a loved one and a beautiful memory for you, but it's turning into things for everyone. So yeah. everybody has a piece of Hank with them somehow or another. Aww. I like that. No, mm-hmm. that's true. No, that's a really good point. I mean, I don't know. It would be a really sad life if you thought that it ended right here and you didn't yeah, get that, you to know? see. I mean, from a lighter <laughs> note, I mean, it just, why yeah. would you, why would you think, 
don't know. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> really, it's more like why not believe in. So, so I, this is mm. a segue point <laughs> for me into a question that I like to ask. Oh, Mike looks uh, at me because he's like, no. I know what I'm going to ask. Are you going you know to ask him? <laughs> no, this is directly to you. Yeah. Oh, this is kind of a very do you do question. you believe in ghosts? <laughs> oh, I remember hearing that. Wait, are we talking Mike good or bad? Stuff. Good or bad ghosts? Well, I mean, uh, what, do you, what do you feel? I don't, I believe in angel. I believe in good and evil. I believe in spirits. I do believe there's like a total different otherly world of of a battle being fought. So so long. Um, so yes. Yeah. 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 I do. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure. I believe in like you know the. I don't think it's so Hollywood, but yeah, it's not like Ghost Dad coming through the wall. The kids. <laughs> oh, I remember Ghost Dad? Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, um, something but, that we're we're trying to do right now for Halloween. I was just about to. Oh, I, love I, I love Halloween. I love Halloween. No, this is crazy. But and tell them also what I had like suggested. But Mike's Kevin's kind of like no. I'm uh, I'm on board. You're on board. Okay, I thought say, about it. Ahead, I did some soul searching, right. and I'm on board. Where did you search? So I ran into the Houston Paranormal Society's members. Oh, God. And Those are scary. They're actually oh, yeah. normal people, but they do the scary stuff. Uh-huh. And one of the ladies, you know, she's on the ghost shows and all that. And we're going to reach out and set up for Halloween a live podcast from one of their haunted locations. Yes, we're going to be in it. That'd be fun. Right? I want to do it. You should join us. Listeners, uh, beware. Be and <laughs> we are going to be scared. Shitless. I'm not yes, shit I my pants. say this. Shitless. I just said it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> we are all shitting our pants, aren't we? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ooh, yes. that sounds I'm, fun. I'm, yeah. I know for yeah. sure. I'm gonna but I, I presented it to Stabby. Stabby's Halloween. like, he was so excited. And I was like, why don't we do it there? And he was like. Wait a uh, I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't hear you right now. <laughs> Whatever. Bye. <laughs> okay, real quick, everybody answer fun. fast. What are what are your biggest fears, Emilio? Oh, in life. Oh man. Just off the top of your head, don't even think about it. I'm scared. Dude, I've been practicing a lot of it. I'm not in my head anymore. Let's see. Uh, biggest fear in life. Um, saying what your biggest fear is. Saying what my biggest fear is. I don't know. <laughs> come come back to me. Come back to me, Alfred. Don't say girls. What? <laughs> what? Not anymore. What you Not fear? anymore. Uh, <laughs> being sick all the time. Being okay. sick all the time. Oh. Okay. I was no. going to say old age because it's kind of being sick all the time. Okay. That's why I'm so healthy right now. But anyway. Sorry. Old age. Oh, no, it's a two. So the after like being scared like that I messed up and I'm not going to be on the right side of that. Hey, that's a huge one. I'm going to add that one too. <laughs> but here on earth, um, I don't know, dying alone, I think. Yeah. yeah. Not finding someone. God, I'm that's, just going to steal That's a fear. That's really uh, lame. Well, it's not lame, mine, but I think it's a fear. Mine's <laughs> pretty standard. Ghosts and spiders. The ultimate fear. <laughs> the ultimate fear being a ghost spider, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, those, those are Add them all up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to do the ghost thing. You should join us. For it's going to sure. be crazy. <laughs> but, um, I, all right. So we're kind of, we're kind of running low on time right now. Um, boo. Brittany, where can they fun. find your posts, your links, your shows? Well, people should listen next Tuesday when we get to do like another Ayo. little part Ayo. two yeah. version, um, on the compassionate life. So the podcast or, um, it, like radio talk shows, Voice America's Compassionate Life Empowerment Channel on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Um, other than that, I mean, it's just like Facebook and Instagram. What's Brit- your Instagram? Brittany King DVM. Brittany King DVM. Make sure you Not like Brittany Spears. T T A N Y. 
not in a bad way. It's just different. Yeah. And then the Montrose Veterinary Clinic. So MontroseVetClinic.com. That's our website for up-to-date pet information. So if you have sick pets, your pets need help, mm-hmm. you have a concern or question, make sure you reach out to them. Ask for Brittany King, <laughs> the dopest veterinarian <laughs> in Houston. We do it all. We've got endoscope, we've got ultrasound, x-ray, do knee surgeries. We are really advanced for a private clinic. Nice. So they actually treated my mom's I love dog. love it. Did they really? Yeah. Both. She saved I did both their surgeries. Their Whoa. Yeah. You did the surgeries? I got beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. And cupcakes. I brought cupcakes. From Proshex, which is amazing. Proshex. Proshex for sure sponsor us. But. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, think I've ever had that. The little pups did well. Yeah. They were little one, had, one had mammary cancer, and so we got tumors removed and spayed. Man, both spayed. Yeah. So. so now I have two little sausages walking around my mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> like That's awesome, dude. Hey, well, now you're going to live longer because yeah. – uh, you know, exactly, yeah. Because of the oxytocin well, man, and the, the coherence, bro. <laughs> she she makes heart. them. She boils like organic chicken for them, and they have Aww. all kinds of like amazing. Like I look at their food and I look at mine. I'm like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but you uh, get the, the kibbles in bits, huh? <laughs> make sure y'all check us out next Tuesday on the Compassionate Life with Brittany. We're going to go over a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. We're going to hear more about your coaching business. Yeah. We're going to hear about Blue Cure. Blue Cure. It's something, uh, Brittany's actually running the Blue Cure night run with us. Awesome. That's coming up on the. I've got blue bandanas we can wear too. Nice. Very cool. Very awesome. Very cool. So that'll be a good time. Alfred, you still need to sign up and run with us? Blue Cure is at what? September? September 24th. You're not doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) He <laughs> <laughs> oh, might be. You're there. We just penciled you in. Is yeah. that a Saturday? Yeah. Okay, it's a nighttime works. run. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. we got to do the lunch yeah, party crew there. Fun, yeah. yeah, yeah. So make sure y'all check out Blue Cure Night Run and check out bluecure.com. It's a great charity. Uh, our dear friend Gabe Canales runs it. Uh, it focuses on men's prostate cancer, cancer awareness, uh, prevention, and coping. It's really important. But uh, yeah. Awesome. Anything else, guys? Yeah. Well, no, I but I think that's say, really cool, though. Yeah. Blue Cure is that it's like that's fascinating that it's like most cancers are not genetic. A lot of it's environmental. And yeah, I think that's super lifestyle. cool that that whole organization focuses on that. Yep. So yeah, and the prevention piece rather than just the cure all the time. It's like, well, let's talk about how we can prevent how it to prevent before it. Yeah. we have to yeah. proactive, not reactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you can prevent it from happening, you don't need to treat it. Right. So before we kind of end, I just wanted to ask one more question. It was on the tip of my tongue. I wanted to ask this earlier, but um, when I was just going to sum it up, I did, it popped right in front of my face, so I'm just going to ask it. So, so Brittany, one last question for you. And I don't know if you even remember this, so it's funny. So, you know, looking all over the place, this was on your Facebook. You know, when I looked at, when I found this on Facebook, it's like on my about on Facebook, like I think when I first signed into Facebook, I wrote my about section. <laughs> yeah. And I've never looked at it again. And I looked at it like, whoa, that's a long time ago. So I don't know if you're in the same situation, but on there, there was a favorite quote of yours. And it's, it says, opportunity dances with those who are already on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was amazing. And so my question <clears throat> is pretty simple. Um, how did opportunity dance with you in the past and or did it and you know maybe you know just you know quick little uh touch on that and of course how would you encourage our listeners to get up on that dance floor uh that's a good no that's good that is like my favorite quote like thing i like to live by honestly um 
whenever an opportunity is presented, I just take it, whether it's good, bad, I'm scared of it or not, like it could lead somewhere. So, I mean, truly like veterinary school, um, somebody was like, Hey, have you thought about research projects? And I was like, yeah, I want to do research projects on elephants in Thailand. And my Dean paid for that. And then I want to go see cobs in Africa. And my Dean paid for me to go to Africa and do research on wildlife in Uganda. Hmm. Um, if you're not out there and you don't, people present opportunities. You just have to think outside the box and then take it. Like, even if it turns out negative or partly negative, you're going to learn something from it and it's going to be an awesome opportunity. But if you're not out there and you're not open, you're not going to see those, those dances. Like if you're not on the dance floor and you can be a bad dancer, (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) You can be a bad dancer, but just be on that floor. (laughs) So I don't know. I I really try to live like life by that. So, I mean, I've been to, I'm about to run my, so I've run a marathon on every continent almost twice. I'm going to do the second, the finish the second tour in New Zealand in November. And like only because I've ran across random people who've put ideas into my head and those are opportunities. So I'm sure one day when you can run a marathon <laughs> so on the moon. Brittany I'm so, yeah, so there. I was just so about to say, there. I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. So well, there. I was about to say, the launch, Please. She, she does things that get put in her mind. So, Launch Party Podcast, do we have let's something to put in Brittany's mind right now? Because <laughs> let's it. do it. Do we have some good ideas. Moon marathon. Yeah, moon marathon. Dating, I'm talking about dating. in the app for pets. Dogs. Must yeah. love dogs. I really must like that idea. Yeah, must love, that is pretty good. Swipe left. Listeners, swipe left. Listeners, if you have any ideas to put into Brittany King's mind, no. please comment on our website, on our no. social media profiles. <laughs> yes. Facebook. No. Yes. Watch Party Podcast. Hashtag. Hashtag. Often wrong, never in inspire doubt. Inspire Brittany. Hey. Hashtag, hashtag Inspire Brittany. <laughs> hashtag Inspire Brittany. All Thanks, right. guys. It no, was really sure. fun. It was a lot of fun. We have to yeah, do a part a two because, yeah. in all okay. honesty, we only covered about half. We only covered about half. Paranormal would be fun. Yeah. Your yeah. scary one. Well, we're going to have yeah. you on again because I want to cover Austin. your seven continents and okay. you have a number yeah, of other things sure. I want to talk about. So, anything else before we head out, guys? <laughs> no, just Brittany, thank you for being here with us. It was a pleasure. And, um, you know, keep rocking and rolling what you got going on. And I love the fact that, you know, um, you're using your talents to do something good for this world. You're hearing um, others that are you know, in your journey of life, talk about that and just kind of spreading the love, spreading the compa- the compassion through the world. I think our world needs that right now. And so, um, you know, just thank you for all you do. And thank you for being present with us today. And, uh, yeah. And thank you listeners for, for listening. Yeah. yeah it's, it's great to have you, uh, Brittany, very informative and very, um, it's kind of a motivational and just, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And really, I'm a pretty amazing person from everything I heard about you. Thanks. No, that's awesome. Yeah, Y'all are awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate <laughs> no, it. It's been fun. We'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Make sure you check us out, launchpartypodcast.com, <laughs> iTunes, yep. SoundCloud. This is Launch Party Podcast. We're out.